Well, thank you very much. It feels good to be back here at the club Tokyo. Hi, how you doing? Where are you from? What do you do for a living? Nine o'clock? Shit! Nine o'clock! God damn it! What you are about to hear is a labor of love. Our love is for the music, and the music is for the people. We at Rockstrex10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, and or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels, or hopefully by the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock Oh 
Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at the central station of cnjradio.com. Okay, so, you know, episode 500 is looming. It's on its way. It'll be the next episode. And I've been talking about how all summer long this show has been doing basically the Summer of Friends. We've done a lot of extra fun themes here on the show with some friends of the show, extended family members, road trip action, and trying to keep that going. And this is one of those episodes where it just has to happen now because a bunch of interesting circumstances happen surrounding this particular theme. It's going to be a super fun show today, by the way, and I'll explain why I played what I played at the top of the show, but let's rewind back to a few weeks ago. I, out of nowhere, just was like wanting to watch a movie, so half the time Nola's like, I don't care. So I just pick a movie, and it's always something I've seen a billion times, and I've got all these movies that I haven't seen before, but you know how it is. We just watch the same stuff over and over again, but in this instance, I hadn't watched this movie in a long time, and it's got all the summer vibes, and it's one crazy summer from 1986. The Savage Steve Holland movie, that guy did Better Off Dead with John Cusack. This movie also stars John Cusack. There's a ton of people in this movie I'll talk about a little more later. But as it's going on, I was like, man, there's so many good songs in this. It's just a perfect movie for me. Definitely a perfect 80s movie. It's ridiculous. It's wacky. It's sticky. It's got 80s music in it. So I love it unconditionally. But as luck would have it, maybe about a day or two later... I see a post from my friend Gary Schaller, co-host of the podcast, and he throws down, I know there are movies I love that aren't, quote, technically good, end quote, but I genuinely don't understand why One Crazy Summer only has a 63% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It's a perfect movie. Gary, I 100% agree with you, and there was a lot of love in the comments, including one for me, of course my friend Baco, some other cool people. That really just cemented the fact that I needed to go with my gut as I was watching the movie a few weeks ago. I was like, you know what? Let's do this on Rock Strikes 10 for the first time ever. It was one of those things where I was like, I do not believe a physical soundtrack exists for One Crazy Summer. Because if it did, I definitely would have bought it by now. Even if I have a lot of the songs on the individual original albums these songs came on, I definitely want the soundtrack 
just to have that piece just because I love it so much. And looking around, it's like not even an import, nothing. It was never made into a proper movie soundtrack. There's quite a few movies I love from the 80s that don't have proper soundtracks with licensed songs on it. It's very sad. It's very tragic. Hopefully someday these can all be rectified. But until then, I'm doing this episode. Yes, this is basically an extension of the Summer of Friends. This goes out to all my friends, especially all of the people that were in this post. So thanks, Gary Schaller, for kind of putting the must-do inspiration into this episode. We kick things off with the opening song from One Crazy Summer, and you never have to twist my arm to play one of my all-time faves, Mr. Diamond David Lee Roth. The opening track, From Crazy, From the Heat, that was Easy Street, originally an Edgar Winter Group song, and also I believe Dan Hartman and Edgar Winter both appear on that track as well. So right off the bat there, you got a fun animated sequence that kicks off a really fun, wacky movie from the 80s, and you got David Lee Roth on top of it. This is definitely a movie for me and the like-minded. And I'm basically going to try to go in chronological order here of the movie without basically spoiling the movie, but telling you a little bit about why it's awesome in case you haven't seen it yet. It's not too hard to check out. I think you can rent it on like YouTube and Prime and stuff like that. I don't think it's really free streaming anywhere, but it's definitely worth a rental, damn it, because I rented it tons of times on video. And a couple of decades ago, I finally got it on DVD. Worth it. It's out of print right now, but at least rent it if you've never seen it. Have a little fun this summer, why don't you? And as the movie kicks off, we get into the narrative of what's happening in the movie and all that stuff. The kids graduate and they're off to their summer vacation. Fun little sequence with the elementary school sister. And it's set to this song right here. So right here, you have another two of my all-time favorites. Started off with Dave. Then we get into some Twisted Sister along with Alice Cooper. The kickoff track of side two of Twisted Sisters come out and play Turn it up. This is Be Cruel to Your School.
Be Cruel to Your School right there, Twisted Sister, and of course, the greatest of all time, the iconic Alice Cooper on guest lead vocals along with Dee Snyder. That must have been a blast for Dee. Alice on an upswing right now, about to hit his big comeback. And man, I, I've talked about this before. I believe I have played this song on the show before. And it's one of those things where I hope the session was everybody in the room all at once because can you imagine... That session right there, Twisted Sister, Alice Cooper, on piano, you've got Billy Joel, on saxophone, Clarence Clemens, the E Street Band, the late great Clarence Clemens, and on that rockabilly lead guitar solo right there, you got Brian Setzer. Wow. Okay. So once again, even if this movie is damn terrible, you're at least enjoying the music, and we continue on with some of the greatest music of all time. We meet another character in the movie to this song. The female lead, played by Demi Moore, opposite John Cusack right here. A rock and roll wannabe who's down on her luck. And she's apparently running from a gang of bikers who are trying to steal money from her, something to that effect. And so I'm assuming this song basically kind of represents the bikers. <laughs> but that's all I need to excuse the use of having ZZ Top here in the film. And a deep cut from one of the all-time great albums, Eliminator. Here's a good one right here. This is Dirty Dog.
right, some ZZ Top right there. The little old band from Texas that was Dirty Dog from, I guess that would have to be their biggest selling album of all time. I'd be surprised if it wasn't. There you go, Eliminator. And if you're saying to yourself, man, my version of Dirty Dog doesn't sound that good, the one I have at home, well, that either means you don't have it on vinyl or you don't have the better version of it on CD. The two best ways you can get a really nice sounding Eliminator, because the old CD is garbage now at this point. Not the music on, of course, but the sound quality. You can get that Legacy Edition, that two-CD version of Eliminator, or get that complete Warner Studio album CD set, which is still very stupidly affordable. Don't sleep on that. It's the definitive-sounding versions of all those albums on CD. Original drum sound, too. Don't forget about that. Very important. You can throw your six-pack away, which is definitely crap on arrival. Once again, not the music, but the mix. Yes, Go check all that stuff out. Z-Top is on tour this summer. Not sure I'm going to go see that, but hey, whatever. So next up, sort of sticking with the theme of all-time favorites. Now, this is kind of another reason why I do particular themes like this, to find the weird and the wacky as well, because I'm a fan of this stuff, and I only originally knew this song as a song I used to hear on The Muppet Show a handful of times. So this song right here, and I don't even remember it being in the movie, but I did a bunch of digging into all the music that was played. Of course, IMDb, the, the app on that's always the best source because it's verified songs that were used in the movie. And maybe this was being played, uh, was it Uncle Frank, the, the crazy uncle that just holds himself up in his room so he can win the radio contest? I think it was playing on the radio at one point during that. There's a lot of cool songs being played on that radio for sure. But yeah, Uncle Frank wastes his entire summer once again for how many summers in a row to try to win that $1 million. Another fun sidebar in the movie. There's, It's like all the sidebars. There's a very thin plot line to this movie, but the sidebars do kind of make it, like I said, it just makes its overall fun little package here. But this song right here is played in this particular version. It's an often covered song. Like I said, I was used to the Muppets version, so I'm not very familiar with real people actually singing this song. But it's a fun song. It always gets stuck in my head when I see that Muppet episode or I just hear it out and about somewhere, uh, usually in movies. But here you go. Fun little lazy summer song right here. This was Australian native Peter Allen with I Go to Rio. Enjoy. When my baby, when my baby smiles at me, I go to Rio. Janeiro, Mio, I go wild and then I have to do the samba and la bamba. Now I'm not the kind of person with a passionate persuasion for dancing or romancing, but I give into the rhythm and my feet follow the beating of my heart. Whoa, when my baby. When my baby smiles at me, I go to Rio De Janeiro, I'm a salsa fellow When my baby smiles at me, the sun will light up my life And I am free at last What a blast Whoa, when my baby When my baby smiles at me, I feel like of the jungle There on the hot sand And in the bungalow Our monkeys play above 
So there you go, a little Peter Allen right there with I Go to Rio. I mentioned Peter was an Australian native. I was doing a quick little wiki dive on little Peter Allen when I was playing the song because I was like, I don't know anything about him. But I should have at this point because this guy had a career and a half. Here's some of the bullet points you should know about this guy. He wrote two bangers in his lifetime that we would definitely know in the States right here. The now late great Olivia Newton-John had a huge, huge hit with one of his songs, I Honestly Love You. He wrote that, and he also wrote one of my all-time favorite songs, Arthur's Theme, that Christopher Cross song from the movie Arthur. So that guy, talent and a half, also come to find out, you know, he was uh, in a parallel to what we know about Freddie Mercury's life, closeted most of his life, was an AIDS casualty in the early 90s, interesting parallel. But that, I, I didn't know this, but I was aware of the musical called Boy From Oz. It's actually about him. Hugh Jackman played him in the production, and he won a Tony for that. So there you go, Peter Allen. No slouch right there. Rest in peace, sir. Two amazingly talented Australians that have now passed. Just referenced Olivia Newton-John right there. She passed a few days ago as of this recording. But yeah, Peter Allen, uh, we hardly knew ye, but yeah. I, I dig that. It gives me like 70s cheesy Glenn Campbell vibes that I love right there. I could definitely hear Glenn doing that as well. So testament to a nice little fluffy pop song right there, which is kind of what this show is all about and what this movie's all about. Just a, an escape, a means to have fun. So let's continue on with the fun right here. It makes me think about this. And since I mentioned it, another guy who was closeted most of his life, Billy Preston. The late Billy Preston, who was known as one of the fifth Beatles and the sixth stone at one point. A lot of people can't say that. Or nobody could say that. What am I talking about? I mean, how many people play with the Stones and the Beatles? Jesus. Uh, but yeah, Billy Preston, of course, nice excuse to play this song just because it's featured for a few seconds in one crazy summer. But it fits in nice with this fun theme right here. So here's Billy Preston with 
Outer Space.
All right, there you go. Out of Space by Billy Preston. I mentioned that Billy played with the Beatles briefly towards the end of their career right there. George Harrison, actually, looking over the liner notes in this record, George Harrison actually has a credit on this album. So I'm assuming he plays on this song as well. He gets credit with playing the Dobro guitar. Uh, not the electric solo guitar, but, you know, the slide guitar basically on there. So, yeah, nice little fun fact right there. Hope you enjoyed that. Nice little instrumental for your summertime jams right here. And I think starting with this movie, pretty much all through the rest of the second half of the 80s, was one of my favorite songs. Now, I wasn't around when this song was big. It was before my time. But it just became one of my favorite songs. I think probably due to its massive use in movies, because it was originally made famous as a movie song back during the Easy Rider days. This song became the anthem. So I think if you're ever going to parody Easy Rider or just have a pseudo-rebellious moment in your film, you would want to license this song for your movie. And I think that's really what the narrative is for this song. Still one of the all-time great songs, and I'm sure at the time during its usage in the 80s, because it was probably cheap, honestly. I think a lot of these older songs in this film, in the second half of this show, kind of leans on the classic rock side of things, because that's what the movie does. It pivots over into more of a classic theme. But this song was one of my favorites. I still get a kick out of it, as overplayed as it is, and it's going to be a very obvious song for a show like this. But I couldn't not include it, because this was one of my first instances of being really big on this song so here you go the late 60s classic the mars bonfire written steppenwolf song right here born to be wild
Born to be Wild right there, Steppenwolf, off their self-titled debut record, and of course off of a billion soundtracks, technically including this one right here, One Crazy Summer, but yes, I'm always going to love Born to be Wild. And when they use that song in the film, it's kind of the culmination of the whole movie where all the characters really come together and it becomes one big plot point as opposed to all the you know separate pieces existing in the film, so it's a big important moment in the movie. It never stops being fun and wacky. As serious as it may get at times, it's never that serious, and that's what's great about it. But I keep forgetting to bring this up. I was glomming over the movie early on, but one thing I didn't really put forward was how fun the cast is in this movie. It really is one of the ultimate 80s movies, because it's kind of weird how the one oddball in the film now, in retrospect, is John Cusack, because he's definitely the most respected one out of the lot, at this point in film history at the time he was not he was the guy in these movies like the sure thing and better off dead and even 16 candles so he was that guy in those movies and then he became something else later kind of like what michael keaton did but the rest of the cast it's just pure 80s you know even to me more with her hairdo you know <laughs> so and she's fine in it it's it, it's it's fine and some of the people's names who I don't know are like perfect casting. Like the ultimate bad guy, like just the, the freaking alpha male guy, the rich kid and his girlfriend, like perfectly cast. Of course, Jeremy Piven's one of the bad guy's best friends, which perfect for him. He's always good at playing a douchebag. And I like Jeremy for the most part. And then you got Joel Murray, one of Bill Murray's brothers, playing John Cusack's friend, you know, the, the funny, wacky, fat guy. And then, like, you just keep padding it with different people on both ends. Because, like, Mark Metcalf, another bad guy, one of the great bad guys ever. Seeing him in a movie like this, of course, harkens back to his Animal House roles. And you know him from the Twisted Sister videos. There's another callback right there. But also, one of my big deals with him is I know him as the Master from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So he is... One of the great bad guys ever, just in my lifetime. So big ups to Mark Metcalf. Freaking Billy Bird, one of the great character actresses, especially of the 80s. I used to see her in everything. It didn't matter if it was a movie or a TV show. If it was a movie, it was probably Police Academy or something like that. But she was in a ton of TV shows too. So go look up Billy Bird. You know who she is. You hear that voice, you see that face, you know who she is. She plays, I guess, the aunt or something of Joel Murray's character. And see, of course, freaking Bobcat Goldthwaite. I mean, iconic 80s guy. I was talking about Police Academy movies. I grew up on those, man. I would watch anything with Bobcat in it, for sure. And he is still a super funny motherfucker, too. 
mostly directs films right now, but if you can catch some of his recent stand-up stuff, all very good, all very funny. Freaking Curtis Armstrong, of course, Booger, or as my wife knows him as the Metatron, but freaking Booger's in this. I mean, so yeah, just a lot of great stuff going on in this movie. It's all the 80s, and I say this to set up the next song, which is not 80s. <laughs> so that's a bad segue right there, but we're still into the classic rock section here of the playlist. And this is during the crazy, weird, wacky beach scene where Joe Murray pretty much almost gets crushed to death. It's weird. It's uncomfortable. But yes, another song that was probably really cheap to get at the time. <laughs> but it's an all-time summer classic, so it's got to go on the show. So here you go, John Fogarty and company. Credence Clearwater Revival. This is Down on the Corner. To this day and to this moment, I cannot hear that intro with the bass guitar riff opening it up. I, I can't hear it without not thinking about Time to Get Ill on Licensed Ill by the Beastie Boys still. So it's a great song anyway, so there's an extra reason to love that. So there you go, Down the Corner by CCR. And now we get to the montage song. 
in the film, which is one of those moments where everybody bands together for the greater good and a bigger cause other than themselves, where they go in and to help salvage any remnants of John Cusack's love life as it pertains to possibly starting a relationship with Demi Morris character, Cassandra, everybody takes it upon themselves to hype up a gig she's got coming up and they go to epic means to promote this show to where the whole town pretty much seems to show up. The whole town of Nantucket shows up to this little club show at this dive bar hotel thing, the do drop in. And as they're doing the epic flyering and even, uh, of course the best part is taking some good Savage Steve Holland animation and inserting it into a drive-in movie. So a lot of fun animation just as Savage Steve Holland movies do. But yes, they are epic flyering for this gig that will ultimately become successful and it'll help uh, raise some money for the greater good. And they said to this song right here, a really good quality montage song and it speaks to the times. This is the great Eurythmics with the inspiring Would I Lie to You.
All right, the Eurythmics right there, Dave Stewart, Annie Lennox, with Would I Lie to You, originally from the album Be Yourself Tonight. I believe it's 1985. That makes sense. Movie came out a year later. I really like that song, still to this day. I thought it was a really good move of them to go a little more rock and R&B inspired, and that's a good example of that. They would pretty much continue that trend throughout the rest of the 80s until they broke up a few years after that. But yes, speaking of R&B, this next one is one of the all-time great R&B songs ever, and it's definitely a summer anthem and a half. And... (laughs) When I saw this movie again for the first time in a while, I realized that this song gets a lot of usage when it pertains to white guys dancing really badly, because <laughs> it's happened at least twice to this particular song. So here you go. In celebration and shame of bad white guy choreography, here's Martha and the Vandellas with Dancing in the Street. Martha and the Vandellas right there. Martha Reeves, proper in the Vandellas, late 60s. Motown, summertime classic, Dancing in the Street, of course, later covered by the great Van Halen. And 
the song was also covered in 1985. That's my bad white guy dancing reference right there. The Mick Jagger, David Bowie cover. Yes, that happened and we let it happen. <laughs> Though I do actually like that. So maybe the video, the video hasn't aged well at all. Of course it hasn't, but I do like the version. I like all the cover versions of that. It's one of those perfect songs. You really can't fuck it up. It's just one of those songs. But yes, if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. And we've come to the end of the movie, so it's time for the last song of the night. The epic end credit power ballad right here, where we've wrapped everything up. We even have a nice long game payoff gag, a little sidebar gag that pays off at the end. I dig it, and a great ending to a movie such as this. Once again, if you're just looking for a fun, dumb summer movie that pertains to the 80s, if you're like me and you hold like the first three police academies in high regard and Weekend at Bernie's and stuff like that, and of course, maybe if you've seen some of the other Savage Steve Hollow movies like Better Off Dead, then One Crazy Summer is going to be your jam, I promise. If you haven't seen it yet, I don't know what you're doing, but yeah. So as I wrap up the Summer of Friends, I send this one out to all of my fellow One Crazy Summer brothers and sisters in fandom of this film. And I get back to business with a lot of epic countdown shows and all this other stuff. I'm going to be celebrating 500, of course, on the next episode with an episode that's long overdue. But until then, let's wrap up One Crazy Summer and let the credits roll to this song right here. From Canada's Honeymoon Suite, this is What Does It Take?
closing off the show here today and of course closing off the one crazy summer film that was what does it take by the honeymoon suite canada's answer to bon jovi but i do like me some honeymoon suite that was from the album the big prize if you're looking for the original version right there good stuff definitely makes me think of that movie every single time that song will always be associated with the great one crazy summer for me if you are a fan or just a curious and confused friend of the show, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. No matter what, hopefully you take my advice as well. Stay tuned for the 500th episode with an episode I've been thinking about doing ever since the very beginning. It's going to finally happen. Also, the film's over. You can go home now. Stay tuned for my better half, Nola, with the plugs and the best damn outro song in all the podcasting business. Take it away, Nola. We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. Every time you share our show, we give our cats Ruby and Ripley a treat. We are on Twitter at RockStrikes10 and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have Rock Strikes 10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message for more details or to order. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is C njradio.com You can visit this site for all episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going all the way back to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out some of these other quality shows. The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other. The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative. The Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure and the I Am Vinyl podcast with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. We also highly recommend that you check out our good friend Mark Striegel, who can now be heard exclusively on SiriusXM as part of Ozzy's Boneyard and Hair Nation. Last, but certainly not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash Space Beard Band to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent ya. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun. Game show is brought to you by Christ. I can't find it. The hell with it.